Welcome to the Better Utah Broadcast with Chase and Maddie from Alliance for a Better Utah. Welcome back. Um, so Maddie is not joining us today. She's off in Southern Utah as she is every weekend. Um, and so she's off gallivanting. So we're going to do this without her. I'm sorry you can't have all of her corny jokes, but we'll make sure that she has plenty of them for our next episode. But fortunately, you're not going to have to listen to me the whole time. We have two special guests here. We'll get to them soon. Um, uh, first off, I just want to remind you guys, uh, you can follow us on Facebook or Twitter or go to our website, betterutah.org, and you can get caught up on everything that we've been up to lately. Chaffetz, I mean, he's running around, tons of news. He's resigning, apparently. Uh, we have no idea when that's going to happen, but hopefully soon. That'd be great. Uh, we also are calling out Sean Reyes for being unethical, perhaps. Uh, he's been receiving a bunch of questionable donations. We sent him a letter. We'll see if he sends us one back. And we're also focusing still on healthcare. The ACA is coming back from the grave. It's a zombie walking around, except it's more horrible than ever. BetterUtah.org, Facebook, Alliance for Better Utah. Follow us, and you can see what we're all about. But today, um, we're going to go to our special guests. We have our interns here today. Uh, we're getting to the end of the semester, and so our interns, sadly, are starting to leave. Actually, one already left us without being able to come on the show. Sad day. But we do have two of our interns here, Keaton and Emily. Well, my name's Keaton Quinn. Uh, I go to the University of Utah for my undergraduate. Uh, I'm studying political science and international studies. Where are you from? You from Utah? Oh, and yeah, I'm from Utah. Cool. Born and raised? Yes. I moved around a little bit when I was younger, but for the most part, I've spent my time here. Awesome. Uh, Emily, tell us about yourself. Um, Hello. I am currently an online student at Boise State University. Boise. Boise. Yes, it's not Boise. My bad. Boise <laughs> State. Um, I'm majoring in social sciences and minoring in nonprofit management. Ooh. Um, I'm not originally from Utah. I was born in Pennsylvania and also lived in Florida for a while. Okay. Oh, and um, fun fact about me is that I like canoeing better than kayaking, which is weird. Most yeah, people hate weird. canoeing. Why? Uh, I get real deep and philosophical. <laughs> and I just like start thinking about like teamwork and how important it is to have people around you. And I could get deep into all the meaning behind canoeing, but okay. I'll spare you. That's weird. You do have an awesome cat pin on today. People oh. can't see it, but that is amazing. I yes, love it. I love cats. Keaton, do you have your interesting thing about yourself? Oh. One interesting thing about me <laughs> is that I was a diver for the University of Utah, but I quit because I'm lazy. Aw. Yay. <laughs> Party. <laughs> cool. Well, thank you for being here. Um, so how long have you guys been working with us here at Alliance for a Better Utah? What have you been up to? Um, I've been here since the beginning of the year. I started in January and I've been working on all kinds of things. It's been a mix of everything over the spectrum. It's been from putting pictures on milk cartons to working on gun policy and working at the legislature. Yeah, you were pretty much my shadow up at the legislature during the session, right? <laughs> yes. Did you like it up there? What are your thoughts? 
Um, it's definitely super interesting just to see how everyone works together. Uh, see the lobbyingist perspective versus the actual making of the bills and whatnot. Yeah. Cool. Cool. Emily. Yeah. Um, I've only been here for a short time since March, so two months. And so far, I've been working more on the nonprofit side of things and working on our membership program, which we are starting in May. It's going to be May. (laughs) (laughs) Um, Well, that's cool. So that's something that everybody should be looking out for. We're going to be having a membership drive. You can become a card-carrying member of the Alliance for a Better Utah with all the perks and benefits that come with that. So stay tuned. Facebook breaks. Free yoga on Fridays. Meet the Millennials. Hey, Millennials, what makes you so special anyway? Millennials are famous for being narcissistic, entitled, uh, lazy, and never looking up because they're on their phone. That's how you can spot one in the wild. And their priorities are simple. They come first. But the winners of the big generational jackpot were these guys, Neil Howe and William Strauss, who coined the term Millennials. Um, uh, so they coined the term, so they got to pick what they thought differentiated the generation from the ones uh, before, right? So here's their pitch. Today, with the emergence of yet a new generation, babies are to be protected. And we call them the millennial generation. Okay, yeah, yeah. Millennials, babies are protected, right? Okay, yeah, yeah. We protect millennials, right? As opposed to previous generations who were just allowed to like play in open mind shafts. Okay, yeah, yeah. Okay, yeah, yeah. And with uh, TNT, right? That's why they were called baby boomers, because they were always exploding. Okay, so we're going to switch more into discussion about millennialism and the intersection with politics. Uh, We're all millennials here. Uh, I don't even know when millennials defined as. Is it just since 2000 when you growing up that or? I believe that it's like 1979 actually on. It's from that early. It goes like the 80s on because I looked it up and my sister who's 31 is apparently technically a millennial is all I know. And she's like 82 or something like that. I don't know. Cool. Thank you, Jarrell. That was Jarrell, our producer. Thank you for being (laughs) our dictionary. Um, so yeah, we're all millennials. I'm 28. You guys are early twenties. You guys are 80 bitty. 19. <laughs> yep. <laughs> <Same>. <laughs> okay. So not even twenties. Cool. Cool. Um, so what does it mean to be a millennial for you guys? When I think of being a millennial, I just think of everybody hating on us. <laughs> Any positive things. Expand on that. Um, you just always hear from older generations that were lazier and entitled yeah entitled certainly and our heads are in the clouds and we are not practical in the slightest do you feel like that's an accurate description of millennials oh not at all no no okay why not i don't know i just think of college just talking to my mother and what it was like for her compared to what it's like for me and just the difficult difficulty level of what it is with like price is just skyrocketing and how much harder it is to actually get your degree so that's just one example of many where it's more difficult for us and we're not given credit where it's due okay kian um i agree with that for the most part we do get a lot of condescending comments said about our generation but then again so is every generation before us everyone Everyone just thinks that their generation is better than the next. Yeah. So 
in that sense, it's it'll be the same thing, I think, when generations come after us. Uh-huh. But I still think that our generation is better than the older generations, of course, <laughs> mostly because I was born in it. Yeah, so. it's a pretty great generation. <laughs> <laughs> Millennials are awesome. Um, so, yeah, I mean, you guys are talking about how there's negative critiques of us that we're entitled, that we're lazy. Um, there's other studies, like there's a HuffPost um, article, so a study that's saying that millennials are, even though they're less focused, they're more entrepreneurial, they're more global, they're big on individuality, um, more likely to go straight into the workplace rather than go into school. Um, they're better being multitaskers. Um, so, I mean, that's, there's definitely pros and cons to our generation. Um but one interesting aspect of our generation is how we're involved in politics. Um, it seems like our generation as a whole is characterized as being checked out of politics, that they don't feel that their voice doesn't matter, uh, that they're not being heard by politicians. Do you guys feel like that's an accurate description? I do. Um, just from personal experience, being up at Boise um, last semester, nearly everyone I spoke to and out of the um, five people I lived with, I was the only one that voted. Um, everyone I spoke with like, did not care. And I was the only one who had any interest in mm. what was going on. It, I disagree. At least I've had a different experience with it. The majority of people I know my age have been really involved in politics. They may not necessarily be trying to enter the political field, but I know numerous kids who have started political like political ac activity on campus or they've attended rallies and whatnot is that recent though since the election or were they pretty involved in politics before then as well i would definitely say that it picked up and more people got involved as the election came about but i would still say that there was still a lot of people who were involved previously okay so different experiences here. Um, yeah. I guess mine's sort of a mixed experience, too. I have some friends who are extremely involved in politics, and I guess that more, comes more from the law school aspect because they're already legally minded, politically minded. Um, but all the rest all the rest of my friends have no idea what's going on politically. And so, um, yeah, definitely mixed. But I have noticed that seems like Donald Trump's election affected millennials more as a generation than it did other generations. Do you guys feel the same way that it spurred millennials to actually get finally get involved in being active and going and doing these rallies and starting things? Yeah. Uh, obviously the millennial generation is much more progressive than previous. Um, so I definitely think the extreme conservative viewpoints really sparked a lot of interest to get involved um i certainly think so for the first time i have seen friends at like rallies and marches that were not part of the debate crowd which is just unheard of <laughs> like from high school nobody cared about uh -huh. politics except for the debaters yeah uh, i mean i've heard like oh what was the saying that activism is the new oh what was it can't remember but um i mean i've heard of people who have like met their significant other through going to rallies and going on dates and that's like how they hang out is going to rallies and act like it's a new a new environment that we're living in um that people feel like political activism is part of their daily life rather than just something extreme um it's 
definitely interesting to see that in our generation because it's usually not like that. But you guys are not like the rest of the generation. Uh, you guys are pretty involved in politics. Um, what got you interested in politics? Um, politics was not something that was part of my life growing up. My parents didn't really talk about anything that was happening. And then my junior year of high school, I went to go visit my sister in Pennsylvania. And she took me to a socialist alternative meeting. And my Socialist alternative? Socialist alternative. It's a um, political party that has a lot lot more members as far as i know on the east coast i've never heard of anything over here on the west okay but that might be because i live in utah uh-huh. so you went to this meeting yeah um i was just in shock like no words could describe how i was feeling um they had workers from mcdonald's just talking about um their experience and for the first time i like heard the word exploitation uh-huh. and like saw somebody else who was being exploited and like my heart just ached for those people how old were you when this happened mm, oh i turned 16 while i was there okay cool cool kian what was the question again? Um, actually, no, I'm going to keep with you for a little bit. Um, okay, so that's what got you interested in politics. Mm-hmm. What type of issues are you interested in now? Like, what drives you politically? Mm-hmm. I'm pretty basic. Um. <laughs> you, you like pumpkin spice lattes? <laughs> yes, but you know. Um, my, um, the political topics that I'm most interested about are definitely the environment and education, because who doesn't love trees and children? Yeah. Um, Any specific part of the environment or just environment general? General. Okay. Yes, cool, cool. all of it. <laughs> <laughs> um, okay, so Keaton, let's turn to you. Um, how did you get interested in politics and activism and stuff like that? Well, I originally started off planning on going into business, And then as I took more classes and took accounting classes, I realized how awful that was. (laughs) But I still liked uh, kind of the legal aspect to it, Uh which then just kind of provoked my interest in politics. And then it just kept growing and growing until I got more involved and I always found the topic interesting. So okay, stuck with it. Uh, What issues drive you? Uh. Same as Emily, I would definitely say environment is one of the main ones, and then education. But everything is interesting, so. Okay, cool, cool. I want to add to mine. Okay. Um, definitely workers' rights because of that experience. Uh-huh. Um, and Jane Adams, love that woman. Yeah. <laughs> so how do you feel about workers' rights here in Utah? Concerning... Okay, never mind. We'll cut that. (laughs) Um, Okay, so you guys understand the importance of politics. You guys feel, you guys are connected to these issues that you feel are important. Um, In general, why do you feel like others of your generation should be more concerned about politics and more involved? I think that everyone needs to be involved. I mean, that's how a democracy works, and you can only have a strong democracy if everyone is involved. But I mean, what we do today in politics is gonna affect our future. So in essence, we need to act now to shape our future so other people don't do it for us. Mm -hmm. Okay. Emily, do you have anything to add? It was great. (laughs) (laughs) Okay. Um, So I'm gonna segue into another topic here. 
Um, as you know, Lions for Betty Utah were very involved in shaping the narrative, um, either through media, through new, uh, social media, through doing stunts, press conferences, whatever. Um, millennials tend to be involved and learn their news and politics from different sources than older generations do. We're past the time of really even, I mean, there's the news newspapers, which slowly dying, although I love the Tribune, keep on going. Um, but there's cable news, which I don't think many millennials watch fake news. <laughs> there is fake news. Uh, go read Breitbart or actually don't. Um, so how do millennials get their news is social media. Is that how you get your news? <laughs> um, not me personally, but I would dare. Sorry. Well, how personally do you, how personally do you like learn about your political news or the news in general? Um, I because I'm lazy and busy, I don't have time to sit down and go through the newspaper or watch tons of um, videos. So I use an app called Flipboard. Okay. Um, and I also do things like the Skim, if you've ever heard of it. It's a real uh -huh. nice summary for real busy days. Uh huh. Well, I mean, that's almost like a social media esque thing. I mean, you're <laughs> getting other people to condense the news down to you okay. and feed it to you through technology, right? I mean, it's not, I guess it's a new media. It's not social media. It's a new media. It's a way to get your news, right? I would agree. Okay. I like to think that it's better than social media, right, better though, than Facebook. it's not so <laughs> <laughs> biased and a more credible source. Uh-huh. Okay. So the skim, Flipboard. Keaton, how do you get your news? Solely from Fox News. Oh, really? Uh <laughs> so you're really sad about Bill O'Reilly leaving? I shed so many tears. <laughs> well, um, hopefully Chaffetz is going to replace him, right? That's the rumor. Oh, yeah. <laughs> uh, I get updates from the major news sources on my phone, and those are just pop up occasionally, and then I click on them or just read a brief summary of them. Uh huh. And when they're interesting enough, I then just kind of Google them and do more research on them uh -huh. instead of paying attention in class. So. Okay. Yeah. Cool. <laughs> uh, okay. So circling back a little bit, uh, I was starting to ask about social media. Uh, a lot of people actually do get their news through social media. Do you feel like there's pros or cons to that? I think one of the major pros to utilizing social media for news is it can spread so rapidly. Uh huh. So, or because the majority of our generation is connected through social media, most people are up-to-date on the issues or at least it's brought to their attention whereas before you would have to sit down and read a paper and some people want to be able to do that or take the time in the morning mm -hmm. so i think that's the major benefit is just that everyone's aware okay uh any cons people post a lot of incorrect things through social media and fake news <laughs> Fake news. <laughs> but actual fake news? Yeah. Not CNN. <laughs> yeah. And people read things like BuzzFeed and believe that's the sole truth. Uh-huh. And I feel like that can have a negative yeah. aspect to people's misinformation. Mm -hmm. Emily. Um, I agree completely with what Keaton said. And one thing I've noticed, too, with social media and receiving your news from it is it's so, um, like, oh gosh. <laughs> My brain just went blank on everything I was saying there. 
I'm gonna stop. One negative aspect, social media. I don't know. We're gonna stop. Never mind. Okay. You I'm want me to jump in? Yeah. <laughs> um so another con <laughs> your job so hard. <laughs> um another con that I've noticed from getting your news uh, completely through social media is the echo chamber effect. Um, you're usually friends with people who share similar views as you. Um, no, not Emily. You're shaking your head. No, <laughs> I have maybe like four progressive friends and every single other friend of mine, especially on social media is highly conservative. Okay. So you're the complete opposite of what most people face. You have a lot of people who don't share your views. Does that make it to where you feel like you're getting the opposing view more on news and you're able to see what they actually believe? Yeah, but it ends up less of me understanding where they're coming from as um, more of just me getting angry. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Okay. Um, Yeah, because, I mean, for me, I notice I don't cut out everybody on my social media, but I at least unfollow them (laughs) if they completely are always saying things that I don't agree with. There's a few people I'm just like, nope, I don't want to hear your ranting anymore. If I did that, I'd have to get rid of everyone. Yeah. It's the only person I've ever unfollowed is she was anti-feminist and that, oh, I couldn't. <laughs> Every yeah. post was about that. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, but I mean, the concern with that is you're sort of just reinforcing your own beliefs rather than trying to find out what the other side believes and coming to a mutual understanding. Oh, this is a better position because... I mean, yeah, yeah, social media. It's the worst, but you can't really live without it. <laughs> Wait, you live without it? You don't have social media? I have Facebook because it's practical for like getting invited to events. Yeah, or, like, that's messaging what I love about Facebook. People who live in other countries. Um, but that's the only social media outlet I use, and it's pretty infrequent. Okay. Um, well, I mean, I'm going to close out with this interesting statistic. Uh, Pew found that 20% of survey respondents say social media has altered their position on a political issue, and 17% say it has changed their view of a specific candidate. Uh, Democrats, interestingly enough, were more likely to report social media changed their views than Republicans. Mm-hmm. Um, so, I mean, I guess that sort of just shows you at least there were 20% that changed their view, but that means that 80% of respondents have not changed their views at all. And so... Social media does not seem to be the best way to come to compromise or to be learning about issues. It's sort of just a reinforcer rather than a changer. Uh, next issue, um, satire news. Do you guys listen to any type of comedy news? Or Keaton, you're nodding. Which one? Um, I'd say John Oliver yes. is certainly one of my favorites. Uh, I like that you do get some information out of it. Lens- I also really enjoy sarcasm. Yes. <laughs> so it's definitely one of my favorite things to watch. Okay. Um, any particular segments that really stick out to you or why you like it? No. No. Okay. Yeah, I'm also a follower of John Oliver. Um, for me, it makes it to where, yeah, I'm learning news and um, sort of getting a better understanding, especially for him because he goes deep into the topics for like 20 minutes rather than just the little clips that most other people do. Um, But it also makes it memorable because then you can tie those topics to a funny thing like the Marlboro Man or the prostate cancer guy that goes and explains everything to Trump um, on commercials. So there's a different, like every topic has a funny, interesting thing. It makes it stick with me and understand it. It's really digestible. Yeah. Yeah, I agree. 
I'm really sad that the Colbert Report isn't on anymore. That was my favorite. Did either of you guys watch that? Yeah, he was also fantastic. Yep, he was the best. I would just like to say that as far as fake news goes, my mother is a hardcore like conservative and religiously watched the Colbert Report thinking he was serious like, about <laughs> a lot of that stuff for two years. Seriously? Until we visited from college and we're like, Mom, this is just this is exactly the opposite of what you think it is. <laughs> amazing. That's amazing. That was my dad. My dad watched Colbert Report and he's very conservative as well. Um, do you feel like this is a more common thing for millennials to try and get their news through this type of source? And are there pros or cons to it? I'm not the person to ask because I don't have television and I never <laughs> Well, I mean, you, you know about these programs, right? Yeah. Do you think they're good or bad for political discourse or? I feel like I can't say because I've never watched any okay. of them. But... <laughs> yeah, they shed light on a lot of issues, which is, again, why I appreciate them. But then it's not something that's like, Tommy Laren, or it's just ideological dogma. So people who may not have the same political views can still watch it and laugh about it. Mm -hmm. um, do you feel like these type of shows, something that I've thought is that these satire shows, they make our generation laugh at the news, but sort of keep them from actually going and acting in politics because they're just like, oh, it's just a huge joke. What are your thoughts on that? Or no opinion. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Pass. <laughs> um, I feel like, in a way, that is a big issue that some people do see it as a big joke. Mm -hmm. But I still feel like it does incentivize people to see the, idi the idiocracy that's going on. Mm -hmm. And they probably would still want to act and be like, I want to get involved with this area because i want to help that issue mm -hmm. yeah i yeah i'm definitely not saying that they're a bad thing um like for me i love watching them but i'm already involved in politics it sort of reinforces my views it makes me sort of have a pressure release i'm like oh yeah i can finally laugh at it instead of being mad all the time <laughs> um and then be recharged to go act again um, but for a lot of other people I feel like it's just like, oh, I can go and laugh at this, and then there's nothing I can do because they're all idiots and they don't listen to us anyways, and we'll just keep on laughing instead of actually getting better. Um, so that's just something I've pondered. I have no idea if it's actually real. but um, Is anything real, though? <laughs> Keaton is taking a course on existentialism, so... It's pretty fantastic. <laughs> 10 of 10 would recommend. <laughs> um, okay, uh, new topic. So, talking more about millennial engagement in politics, um, we talked about it a little bit earlier, how it's very low engagement in general, or at least that's a stereotype. Um, one of the areas where this is most visible is voting rates for millennials. Why do you guys think that millennials don't vote? Usually I just get angry about it and never actually think about why. Yeah. So, hold on. I mean, is it just them being lazy? Is it feeling disenfranchised? Is it that they actually haven't registered and so they can't vote? Um, they make it too hard to register when millenn millennials move around a lot. Um, any of the above? 
I guess millennials don't necessarily understand the importance of voting. So they just kind of brush it off as I'm just another drop in the bucket uh-huh. that wouldn't necessarily affect anything. But people need to start realizing that you do have to get involved and your vote does matter. Okay. Um, I certainly think that moving around has a lot to do with it and going out of state for school. Uh-huh. I know for me, because I registered to vote when I re-got my license when I was 17, um, the packet sent to my parents. So like, luckily, I was only in Boise, so I drove home to get it. Uh-huh. But for my friends who went to Boise from California, they just didn't vote. Okay. So you're from Boise, right? No. No, I lived there last semester, but I okay. had never been there before then. You're from so. Utah originally. No. no. <laughs> okay. We'll, we'll pass by that. So with moving around, it, not just the registration, so the process of getting registered, it's a little bit difficult, and sometimes millennials even don't know that they need to go and do that. But another aspect of it, could it also be that moving around, you don't feel as connected to the local issues? I mean, it's going to be more likely that people go and vote in presidential election because it involves you no matter where it is. But if you're having a midterm election where it's just the congressperson or it's a mayor or something, do you feel it's just they don't feel vested in that election because they haven't been living there as long? Um, I don't think that's so much it as they just don't know the value of midterm elections. Okay. Okay. Cool. Cool. Keaton? I also feel that the millennial generation is an instant gratification generation and they make voting very discouraging. Mm-hmm. So rather than having something like updated to our phone in seconds. Uh, there was a line outside the voting booth of my school for like two to three hours. So people aren't going to vote because of the time it takes. So mm-hmm. if there was a different way to vote, I feel like the millennial generation would certainly vote more often. Uh-huh. Okay. Um, so both of you have alluded to the importance of voting. What specifically for you guys do you feel like it's, what do millennials need to realize about the importance of voting? Why is it so important to them to go and vote? Um, I think Keaton talked a little bit about it, but just the idea of democracy um, and especially being in a sociology course, just understanding that it does not function the way it should um, if people are not involved. Uh Uh, I mean, like a lot of millennials, they say their vote doesn't matter that it's not going to impact them because it's just one vote. Do you guys feel like one vote actually does matter, especially for the issues that are affecting millennials every day? Yeah, your vote definitely matters more, especially in local politics, which is the ones that directly affect you. Mm -hmm. So people just don't necessarily understand the importance of every vote matters. Yeah, yeah. I think one of the things that's really gotten to me uh, over the last couple of years is seeing how people have uh, evolved on climate change and uh, policies that we want to implement to stop climate change from negatively affecting the whole planet. Uh-huh. And it's definitely one of the issues that's popped up in my head and realized, like, I have to do something about this because the older generations will screw me for forever. Like, mm-hmm. they're gone, they're dead, and I'm going to be screwed if this planet goes to shit. I'm sorry, if this planet goes downhill. <laughs> and uh, it's definitely, like you were saying, instant gratification is a big part of our generation. But I think this is one of the topics that's kind of ripping people out of their instant gratification mindset. And I'm excited to see it happen. Yeah. Well, and that's been coming up with a lot more issues lately to where 
millennials won't see the immediate effect for these issues they're voting for. Um, but like Bernie Sanders sort of brought to attention a lot of these things, climate change, student debt, um, economic inequality. They're not going to be solved overnight, but a lot more millennials are talking about them just because we need to start solving them now for our future. Um, just cause they're so daunting. I hate student debt. <laughs> um, <laughs> okay. Um, and another point I was going to make was you were saying like every vote matters, um, especially in local politics. Some of these state races here in Utah are solved by a few votes. LeVar Christensen, who I absolutely hate because of his stance on a lot of gay issues, he won by three votes. Uh, Suzanne Harrison would have been an amazing person up at the legislature, but she lost by three votes. Um, there was another one that was five votes. Um, so every vote does matter because it could be you sitting home that could have changed that election. Um, okay, so that's voting. Why is it important for people to go beyond that? So every year it's either a municipal election, midterm election, presidential, but in between that we have so many other things going on. Why is it important for millennials to be involved beyond the vote, to be active in politics year round? Just so they can stay updated on the issues. Mm -hmm bills are being drafted and created um, and being passed throughout like different portions of the year rather than just when you're voting. You shouldn't just put your faith that in like in one vote and be like, okay, I'm done. They're going to do good. Yeah. Okay. We shouldn't just be caring about politics once every four years or once every two years. Um, we should hold our officials accountable all of the time. Okay. Um, sort of thing that ties you together or ties both of your comments together. It reminds me is like Donald Trump, um, which not a good example of stuff, but Donald Trump ran on this campaign about what was it? Populist message. And you see the moment he gets into office, he's changed all of that. All of a sudden he's a corporate guy pretty much a standard Republican all over again. And it sort of reminded me, like, you have to keep these people accountable to what they're running on. People could have voted for Trump expecting one thing, but now he's not doing it. People need to be active, involved. That might not be at all what you guys are talking about, but that's what it reminds me about. It reminds me of, I can't talk right now. I need a nap. Um, okay, so I think this has been a good discussion. Um, but I just want to wrap up with you guys, if you guys could give all of your peers, millennials, this generation, one piece of advice related to politics and being involved, what would it be? Follow me on Instagram. <laughs> Follow me on Twitter. <laughs> well, Jarell is going to start. I would just encourage uh, millennials to realize how big they actually are. Like how big of a voting population we can actually control mm -hmm. and how absolutely scared the establishment is of how big we are. And we really need to take into our own and, and really just throw down. Yeah. Uh, here in Utah, 18 to 35 year olds, which are millennials here in Utah, they're the largest voting block in the state. If all the millennials voted, we would be able to control politics. Boom. But we don't. Fun fact, Orrin Hatch has been in office longer than the majority of the population has been alive. Yeah. <laughs> so millennials get out and vote Orrin Hatch out of office because he says he's going to run again. Boo. Um, okay. Your guys' tips. Hmm. 
one piece of advice i would just say it's not as hard to be involved as it initially seems because i know for me growing up never watching the news never hearing or caring about politics when i first started caring it was like daunting like oh my goodness there's so much happening that i haven't known about my whole life um but once you just start caring and paying attention it's not as scary as it seems cool cool keaton going off that there is a lot of information, but again, you don't need to dive in head first. You can get interested in one area of politics and then slowly get involved in more, uh-huh. the more interested that you get. Uh, I was going to say something else, but I forgot. It's all good? Nope. Okay. <laughs> um, well, that's our that's our show. Thank you for tuning in, everybody. Um, do you guys have any last things you want to say? I mean, Keaton, this is your second to last day with us you want to go out with a bang or no <laughs> no we're gonna be sad to see you go um thank you for joining us before you left uh emily still has to put up with us um but thanks for coming on the show today uh just a reminder to everyone out there uh, we'll be on here every two to three weeks we'll be bringing on special guests to talk about different topics in the meantime you can follow us on facebook website a lot more interactive we'll be updating it with news and we're focusing on some big, pretty big projects for the next few months. So follow along with us. And that's a wrap.